Hey, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Tuesday night at 5 at 5. It's the night we take questions and answers from our patients or anybody that gets on our podcast or sees our uh, emails. So it's great to be here tonight. You're my last patient of the day. It's been a long uh, day. It's been a great day, but a lot of new patients. As a matter of fact, let me mention this to any of the, the Facebook people out there. We're expanding and growing rapidly, and we need more MAs, medical assistants. So if you know anybody that's like-minded, that likes to help people, and that has an MA or, or is close to being an MA, then contact uh, Ben, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net, and he will talk to you about that. So all MAs, um, we've got some openings. Um, all right, I love this part of the, the podcast where I read these questions just blank. I mean, I never look at them before I see them, so you're going to get an off-the-cuff answer that didn't really research, but um, hopefully I know enough to be able to answer these questions for you. So, question number one, what is your take on allergy shots? Are they effective or not? Um, yeah, allergy shots um, can definitely be affected effective um as a matter of fact i took them back in in college for a while until i had an allergic reaction to the wrong shot and uh so one thing i will tell you i actually had an anaphylactic reaction about five minutes after i gave myself an allergy shot for hay fever allergy shots are based on skin testing you have to go to an allergist or some of the ent guys do this and they do a bunch of pinpricks on the back of your skin and it, and it can tell you whether you're allergic to ragweed or grasses or just a ton of st- molds a ton of stuff out there and then they put you on low doses where they kind of build your dose up slowly you give the shots a couple times a week actually they don't allow self-injections anymore because of what happened to people like me um, because if you have a reaction to that shot, it could kill you. It's called anaphylaxis, and believe me, it's no fun. I spent the whole night in the intensive care unit after an allergy shot, and that was probably close to 40 years ago, but um, I won't forget it. Um, so if you do get an allergy shot, you need to get them in a doctor's office, preferably the allergist, and uh, so they can be ready with a shot of epinephrine if you have a severe reaction to it. But, I mean... I think they're effective. You have to take them for a while. I mean, they don't work overnight. You may be on them for months or even years. So my suggestion is if you're not improving on them after a few months, then maybe they're not going to help you. So, and you know, we have a lot better medications than we used to have for allergies. Back when I used to have ragweed that was miserable for about three weeks out of the year after every Labor Day, um, and my, my face would swell up and, and all, and ragweed or goldenrod were really bad for me. Uh, but, now, you know, back then all you could take was Benadryl or Dimetap. Nowadays we have all kinds of fairly effective allergy medications. But I'm not against the allergy shots at all. I think they do work um, in a lot of cases. So my suggestion is if you have a mild allergy like spring and fall, we can usually handle that through medications nasal steroids, etc. But if you have them year-round, they're miserable, or you maybe have asthma associated with it, 
then I will think about seeing an allergist and maybe considering these. So great question. Next question. Can women use Tadalafil or Cialis? Now, that's a great question because, you know, uh, Tadalafil is a, 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 it's a pill for erectile dysfunction, but we also use it to help symptoms of an enlarged prostate. And it has a lot of really cardiovascular protective effects because it releases uh, nitrous oxide and it can really be helpful in a lot of ways. Um, it also can be used for to prevent altitude sickness. Um, your blood pressure will, will usually come down lower with it too. And, and I'll admit I have used it in a few women for Raynaud's uh, disease and that's a disease where you get vasospasm of your mostly of your hands you get really cold especially in cold weather your fingers can turn blue or white it can be a miserable condition so it vasodilates Raynaud so yes I have used it uh, for women for that as far as for sexual problems in women I haven't really used it for that um, I've had a few women that patients that tell me they've tried it and it didn't really help them for that so but for certain things, yeah, maybe. Um, talk to us about it. Third question, can you have low T without having erectile dysfunction or low libido as a symptom? Uh, yeah, certainly you can. Um, you know, as your testosterone levels diminish, you can have just general symptoms like being tired, falling asleep after meals, being grumpy, irritable, um, you have a hard time in the gym with either building muscle or endurance. Um, so a lot of times low libido um, and then erectile dysfunction come later on. So that's why I encourage men at least at 40 to get a baseline. And so, you know, as, you, if, as I've talked about many times, testosterone has many functions. You know, it's great for the bones, muscle, brain, um, this is not just a hormone for um, muscle or libido. It has a lot of great uses. So, And again, we use it in women just like we use it in men, just at a lot lower dose. Very effective for women. As a matter of fact, in women, it's the most bioavailable hormone there is. So um, women do need it too, and it's very safe in women. Um, so, yeah, you sure can. Um, you can sure have low T. And like I said before you can have a normal testosterone level and normal really doesn't mean a lot you want optimal and if you have a really good testosterone level but you have symptoms you need to get that free testosterone checked you know I had a man that came in uh, to me a couple weeks ago and his T level was 850 but he had every symptom in the book so I checked a free testosterone which I do here and it was really low. So his most of his testosterone was was binded up with sex hormone binding globulin. So his free testosterone or bioavailable was really low, and thereby he had all the symptoms. So you treat with testosterone. Um, so great question. Yes, get T levels checked. Even get it as a baseline when you're 40 years old, even if you have no symptoms, because um, that's where you want to be. Um, all right, what's the difference between vitamin D2 and vitamin D3? That's a great question. Um, as you know, right now, everybody should be taking vitamin D3 
uh, for COVID protection, as well as a ton of other stuff. I've said it many times, if everybody in our country took an adequate high dose of vitamin D3, then we wouldn't probably have any medical crisis here. Everybody would be healthier. If you go into the ER with a low vitamin D level and you have COVID, you're not going to do well, um, especially if you have other pre-existing conditions. Um, low vitamin D, we need to shout it from the rooftops, is a risk factor for COVID or any virus. So anybody listening, tell your friends, please get on 5,000 of D3 daily. Um, but yeah, vitamin D2 and D3. Vitamin D2 is, it comes from plants. Um, vitamin D3 is the animal form. It actually is the form when sunlight hits your skin, animal skin, and through a hormonal shift, really with cholesterol, it turns into vitamin D3. Uh, cholecalciferol is the proper term for it. Ergocalciferol is a proper term for vitamin D2. But D3 is the one you want. You really don't need vitamin 2. It doesn't last as long in the system. It doesn't have all the good hormonal effects that vitamin D3 does. That's why I don't like the prescription oral vitamin D2 50,000 units per week because that, that's not a good format. It's a prescription. I don't like it. If somebody has really low vitamin D levels and I want to get it up quick, come by the office and get a shot of vitamin D3, 50,000 of D3 in one shot. It'll really build up your levels quick. I've done it on myself, and it's amazing how, how it'll make you feel. Um, so aim for vitamin D3. It has all the advantages. Forget about D2. It doesn't work nearly as well. You don't need it when D3 is around. For example, a lot of the synthetic vitamin D they put in cereals and things and fortified with D, it's usually vitamin D2 because it's cheap and really doesn't work that good. So I like vitamin D3. Now, I did read an interesting article last night by an endocrinologist that uh, perked my ears up. Um, what about vitamin D toxi toxicity? Um, can you get too much? That's hard to do, really, but you can. I mean, if you're, you know, we aim for a level between 30 and 100. That's normal. I, I like to see a level of about 60 to 80. But in a few people that are taking a lot of vitamin D, um, they can build up and get their levels too high if they have certain conditions. Like if you're taking a lot of calcium with vitamin D3, you could get your calcium levels too high. So a lot of times I'll check calcium along with vitamin D3 just to make sure you don't have a, a problem with your calcium metabolism think parathyroid hormone which regulates your calcium in your in your bones and your bloods but so you could possibly it's rare but if somebody has some weird symptoms uh, check their vitamin d level out if it's really out the roof look at their calcium and you want to get those people off again it's very very rare but it, it does happen and so if you're an endocrinologist you've seen this a few times probably so that's one reason why you just don't go willy-nilly and take all the vitamins without supervision from a qualified uh, medical professional. Um, so take D3 and get your levels checked. Some people have a real hard time absorbing vitamin D, like people that take 
uh, Omeprazole, Prilosec, Nexium. They have a really hard time with it. So with them, I either give them the shot or maybe a sublingual form of D3. Um, and some people just have some malabsorption problems and gut dysfunction, and um, they can have they can take high levels of vitamin D orally, and it won't work. So you need to find out why. But please check your vitamin D levels. It's very important for adults and kids. Um, all right, great question. What are the possible side effects, if any, of bioidentical hormone replacement? Well, that's you know that's a broad question. Um, you know, we'll start with women, women first. Um, you know, with women, it's all about balance. Women are more complex hormonally because they've got four hormones that you need to balance. And when they're still cycling, they have different levels at different times during the month. And they have three different forms of estrogens. They have progesterone. They have testosterone. They have DHEA. And those levels can change depending on what time of the month it is. So um, side effects, I mean, if you had too much estrogen, you could get breast tenderness and menstrual bleeding, spotting. You could form fibrocystic breast, or you could have uterine fibroids if you have that estrogen to progesterone ratio out of balance. That's why you need those levels checked. Progesterone um, kind of balances out uh estrogen it's it's protective against too much estrogen that's why if you're a woman with a uterus you can't take unopposed estrogen you have to take progesterone with it and i think you need progesterone anyway even if you didn't have a uterus it's very protective of breast um, if you had too much progesterone you, it could cause weight gain and so it's very important too much testosterone in a woman could cause hair growth and acne too much DHEA could cause hair growth and in places you didn't want it and loss of hair on your scalp. So um, those are things that you need to be aware of as a female. So it's all that balance of all your four hormones. Um, otherwise, if you, if you do this with somebody that knows what they're doing, it's very safe. In fact, it's unsafe to have low levels of hormones. Um, causes rapid aging, osteoporosis can lead to twice the rate of development of dementia. Um, I was reading a thing the other night. For women that are concerned about uh, breast cancer with hormones, again, bioidentical hormones, which come from plants, not pregnant horse urine estrogen, um, decreases your risk for breast cancer. It doesn't increase your risk. Even with Primarin and Primpro, which can slightly increase your risk of breast cancer we never use those um, but even then it's very very unlikely um, but you need to look at that with anyone that's why you need mammograms and breast checks but um, so very important um, as far as hormone balance in women but I, I was um, reading an interesting statement last night um, from an expert and if you're a woman in your 60s and you are, you're really, if you're not on hormone replacement, you're twice as likely to get dementia as you are breast cancer. So think, think about that. That's one reason you need bioidentical hormone replacement, to protect your brain. So twice the risk in your 60s of 
dementia as you have of getting breast cancer. And, and that's what people fear is dementia over anything. Um, but anyway, in men, as far as side effects from bioidentical hormone replacement, testosterone, um, there's two things you really need to monitor in men. One is, is it converting or aromatizing to estrogens? If it is, you need an estrogen blocker. Zinc's a good one. Sometimes we use an astrazole. Sometimes we use DIM. Um, so there's ways to block it down. You don't want soy products, and you want to maintain a lean weight. Men that are have a lot of belly fat tend to aromatize to estrogens a lot quicker. So you need to look at the estrogen levels. And also, you need to look at your red blood cell count, your hemoglobin hematocrit. So um, that's probably about 5% of men that are on testosterone replacement will pop their hematocrit too high and they'll have to donate some blood occasionally. That's the treatment for that. So, I mean, if you've got too much testosterone, you could have some acne um, and you could possibly have a little bit of hair loss, but you'd have to get pretty high for that on level. So, you know, we do everything safe within, you know, optimal ranges. I don't say normal ranges. I say optimal ranges. Uh, but we don't overdose people with any hormones. So those are great questions. Um, I appreciate you asking these questions. Every Tuesday, just email us at performancemedicine.net and uh, with any of your questions or go to our YouTube channels. Uh, and we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on all this stuff. But go to our YouTube channels. You'll get We do four programs a week uh, on different uh, subjects all to try to keep you informed and try to keep you healthy so anyway i hope you have a great rest of the week i'll see you next tuesday thanks guys for listening to this episode of the podcast uh, please share the podcast with your friends and if you haven't subscribed yet please subscribe uh, we will see you guys next time